Welcome to Champions of the Pacific, where we celebrate everything about the Pacific athlete. I'm Tali Anderson. Half a day, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today, a group of women in Vanuatu using surfing to challenge gender stereotypes, a push to help Pacific tennis stars take on the world, and a former Samoa rugby star returns home. Risu Kalotiti loves surfing. Almost every day you can find her on the beach, looking to catch a break amongst the waves, but it wasn't always like that. Growing up in Vanuatu, the idea of female surfing was, and to some extent still is, frowned upon. I was surfing when I was growing up because I live around the coastal area because our area there is a surfable area, so they wanted to get the kids into something and surfing was introduced to us at a very early age. But it was sort of like a boy-dominating uh, sport. So not many, not many, you hardly see girls going out there. So I'd wait for my brother to go surfing. And then um, when he comes back to shore and I wait for him to go somewhere, I'm going to steal his surfboard and go out and surf. Despite a number of surfing competitions being held on the island, girls were never included. I got into surfing plus we had some really good expats, friends that live around our area and they just... Um, they're like, oh, I wish you here. Lent, uh, they give me board surfboards so I can go and use them. So over the years, there was just competition. Was the competition that were held were just boy competition. And I was surfing. My little sister was surfing. We have a few of my other cousin girls who were surfing as well. But um, we were always left out. It was something we'd look forward from. Like, oh, there's a competition we're excited about. But then there's no girls, kids or any category, girls categories. Tired of being left out? The surf coach and passionate conservationist wants to empower women and refuses to accept the idea that surfing is only for men. It went from just me and my sister surfing to a few of other girls, but some of them grew up and kind of grew into different interests of sports and stuff. But I love the ocean, so I just stuck around for as long as I could. It was never easy. We had like um, all the boys pulling us out in the water, like, hey, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be up on the shore doing your chores and stuff. But um, yes, it was never easy. Um, I got called fat and all these names out in the water. Most of them was just from all my crazy cousins. But I um, somehow grew into having snapping back at some of the boys who would say all this really mean stuff. So telling them off and standing on my ground is one of the things that they kind of like, oh, okay, she's coming to like having me respect this space and them having to respect my space. Soulwater Sister, an initiative by the Vanuatu Surf Association, has been created to develop and foster a strong community of women and girls who surf in Vanuatu and beyond. One of our first ever programs was Day, Day Blol Girl in Bishlama. That's uh, in English is Day Blol Girl is uh, it's a day for the girls. It's a reintroduction to surfing to some of the girls who've been surfing and it's an introduction surfing day for all the people who are interested and keen to come out and try surfing. So we start this is one of the first ever programs that when we co-founded So What is Sister, we did that. It went from 20 girls to, over the past few months, it went from 20 girls to 60 girls. So it kind of just blew up from there. And, and then we had, we started having competition in VSA with um, including girls' uh, category for surfing. So we had the under-14s, we had the under 18 which for me, having to go in and compete, my sister and I have competed mostly all this competition. It's so good because then I've seen the little girls that were behind me. They they see that I'm competing, like, oh, and my sister's competing. And then it's just like, oh, we want to do it. And it's like, you can come out and surf so you can be in the next competition. So a few more competitions down the road that PSA has held. We had more of those girls come in. So it was really, really good. Like, 
Despite the success in and out of the water, Lisu Kalotiti says there's still some work to be done. We give surfboards out to some of the girls that we know their potential for surfing is really up there and they're getting really good at it. What happens when we give them surfboards, the brother took the surf, and this just like, oh, just crashes. <laughs> just one of the father, I had one of my cases where the dad took the surfboard and nailed it to a coconut tree. A brand new surfboard. <laughs> we had some of our cases where I had to go to the parents' house myself. I'm like, look, your girls are not doing, they're not going around the village, they're not drinking, they're not smoking. Because here, where I live, the drinking, people started drinking at the age of 13 and 12. And like this, following the wrong crowd, we have high people who smoke marijuana. Um, and so it was it was becoming a problem in my community. So I, I spoke with the fa- one of the fathers. I was like, your daughter is a teenage girl and she's not doing, she's not smoking, going, hanging out with all these crazy, I want to say crazy kids, all these kids that are doing this of rebellion and stuff. She's not doing that. So that's one thing I think. One of the things is serving kind of take the attention out of those things. So um, you'd ra- you should be happy that your daughter is not going out and smoking and stuff and she's out in the water. If you want to find her, you'll find her out in the water. It's great to hear that they're doing uh, what they can both uh, in and out of the water there, Avony. Yeah, that's a lovely initiative. Um, I'm generally best found out of the water myself. Um, I, I leave the surfing to the experts and it certainly sounds like uh, Lisu and the team are, are very much that. Cook Island's tennis player Brett Baudinet has been swinging a racket since he was five years old and at 39 his love for the sport hasn't wavered. The Pacific Oceania Davis Cup captain has been representing his country for over 20 years and says there is a huge amount of talent in the region but money remains a major barrier. The University of Michigan alumni is using his networks around the world to help the next generation of Pacific Island players reach their potential and maybe one day they'll be able to hit the big time like his dad. My father actually played in junior Wimbledon um, against Beyond Borg back in his day. So my whole family has played, or my dad and his brothers have always hit the ball. So I've been around it since I was obviously born. And by the time I was five years old picking up balls for them, they gave me a racket. Like I hit the very first ball right over the net and never stopped since. So yeah, I love it. Now, I don't want to be presumptuous, but did your dad lose that game? Uh, yeah, he got smashed. <laughs> I, bet you that's I think he lost 11, 11 tools, I think, yeah. And when did you realise you were not too bad? Oh, pretty early on, probably when I was seven or eight years old. Uh, I was doing really well uh, because we had Malcolm Cager, who's our national coach here, and he's he's still the national coach today, and he helped all of us growing up. So, you know, we got to travel over to New Zealand and, and play against the best players there, and we, we were beating them. So, yeah, when I when I moved to New Zealand for school, I went to King's College, and in my first year I became the number one under 14-year-old in New Zealand. So that's when I sort of knew I had something to to keep going with it. What are the opportunities like if you are talented at a sport like tennis? It's obviously one where there's often, I mean, I, you know, I've got friends of mine here in New Zealand that went to the States on tennis scholarships. There's the number of Pacific athletes that have done the same thing. Is that generally seen as the best opportunity to try and make tennis a career from the Pacific? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's sort of a bit of a focus of mine at the moment because the talent that we have in the Pacific Islands is, is huge, not just in tennis, but in, in a lot of sports. Uh, I think it's the hand-eye coordination is generally quite up there with the Pacific Island kids. For example, at the moment, I'm training our top 17-year-old, Ruby Pierre, and she's, uh, you know, we're working to get her a scholarship in the United States um, as well. But 
I think where where it falls short here is that the kids get to the 15, 16, 17 year old age bracket and they've actually got nothing to look forward to because there's no pathway put in front of them. So I've sort of been trying to encourage more of that with our sports associations here to say we should be putting together programs and former top athletes that have connections in the United States or wherever it might be with scholarship opportunities so that we can sort of say to them, look, we've you know, we've, we've got these doors open. Uh, you know, if you train hard enough and go through the program, you can actually move on to, to get those scholarships. Is it easy for talented young players in the Pacific to qualify for a, a junior grand slam or all those sorts of tournaments? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I went on the tour myself, but I only lasted, uh, was less than six months because of the cost involved was, was massive. I mean, besides your flights, your accommodation, you know, when we traveled around, there were three of us, I, I'm just under six five, there were two other guys. One was six five, one was six four. And for example, we're in Japan, and we're all sharing a single room with one bed. So we have two of us are on the floor, and we're rotating each night who gets the bed, just to try and cut our costs down. So it's definitely a very expensive sport to try and have a go at it. And unless you have some serious backing, uh, very difficult to go go all the way. And as much as everybody thinks seems to think that tennis is an individual sport, there there is no I in this game. That definitely have, to have a team behind you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy, but it does provide a great opportunity for the kids here growing up to look for scholarships that can take them on to other things, you know. And of course, 2000 was your Davis Cup debut for Pacific Oceania and bar a couple of years, you've basically been there ever since. You've got the most wins for the team. You've had the most double wins, uh, and this year in 2021, COVID pending, hopefully you are of course the Davis Cup captain and will hopefully be representing them for a 17th year. So what does it mean to you to represent the Cook Islands, to represent the Pacific, and, and what keeps you going? I think any athlete would tell you there's, that, you know, if they go to the Olympics or and play on a world level event such as like this, it, you know, it's very humbling and um, you couldn't be more honoured to be out there knowing that you're not, not just doing it for yourself, you're not just doing it for your family, but you're doing it for the whole country. And it's the neat thing too for the Pacific Oceania team is we're actually doing it for the whole Pacific. So, uh, we, you know, we're one of the two nations that participate in Davis Cup tennis that actually represent uh, multiple countries under the one team. Um, so it's, it's a unique, very unique position in itself. But uh, you know, couldn't couldn't be more honoured to to get out there and do it every year. And as you said, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 39, but as long as I can keep running on the court, I'll, I'll be out there doing it. Brett Bodnay will be hoping to be out there doing it in the Davis Cup for Pacific Oceania later this year. The Asia Oceania Group 3 tie is meant to be in Vietnam in June, but uh, unfortunately it's been postponed. I guess COVID-19 all around the world, Tale, still so many sporting events that are just up in the air and uncertain. Manu Samoa rugby coach Seilala Mapusua is eagerly awaiting his first match in charge after an extended wait caused by COVID-19. The former Test midfielder was appointed in August of last year, but Samoa haven't taken the field since the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Mapusua says the lack of international rugby, though, has allowed him to dedicate more time to the grassroots. It's been um, a bit frustrating, um, but at the same time, he's just got to roll with the punches and, um, and, 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 and deal with what's in front of you. Um, it's been good being able to get back and, and plan whilst at the same time it's been very difficult to plan with, with, with everything being so fluid and, and, um, and, and COVID playing a major part on that. It's, it's definitely, I've definitely learned a lot and, um, and, and still learning, but um, as you said, I'm, I'm very keen to, 
to get on the grass and get the get the team together and then um, and play some games. Of course, you have been able to get onto the grass locally with players in Samoa, and I guess if if this was a normal year or, or normal world that we were living in at the moment, you probably wouldn't have had such extended time with the local players to look at those local structures and, and see what was happening on island. So you might not ever have that time or opportunity again in the same way. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's the silver lining in all this. And, and, and you can get out to um, unions, I suppose, and, and see, see see how the structures are and, and, and what rugby's like at grassroots level. And um, it's, it, it, it has been eye-opening. And then at the same time, it's, it's, been, um, it's been awesome to be able to see some, some of the local talent and, and also see the areas where we can... Um, we can really improve the local game to, to improve our, our, our local players. What have you learned about the game in Samoa over the last few months? Um, we have a lot of sub-unions all over the country who, who kind of take care of rugby in their own, in, in their own backyard, so to speak. So it's a collection of sub-unions and, and just trying to get all of them to align. Um, it's a bit like the Wild West at the moment where everyone's kind of doing what's best for their own area. So trying to get them to all align to, to a national calendar, is, is, I think it's is something that we definitely need to, to, to address. And, and and a big part as well, I think, is, is upskilling of, 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 our, of our coaches locally, especially in high school and, and club rugby. Um, there hasn't been a lot of development opportunities for, um, for our coaches. So the, the, the players aren't, aren't getting the benefits. You know, I, I could go in and, and um, get other coaches from, from overseas to come and then with the players, but then what's this, uh, outside coaches leave. It's the local coaches that will remain. So uh, there's, there's so many different moving parts um, in the local game here and um, everyone kind of just marches to the beat of their own drums. So there's... Um, there are things that have been in place for a very, very long time now, and it is the normal for for, for the for the local grassroots game. So I think being hopefully being able to change the mindset a little bit in, in terms of how we look at our, our game and, and how we uh, how we're operating at the grassroots level. Are people supportive of you and what you want to do with this money team? Um, so far, yes. Um, Saying that we, we haven't played a game yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm still on the good books, I think. Um, generally, that um, the, the sport has been uh, amazing um, uh, from, 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 from our board, from our union, and then from the general public. It's, it's, it's been, it's been um, really good so far, so um, that's, that's really helped me a lot, settle in over here and, 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 um, and, and get to work. And uh, Manu Samo will be hopefully getting to work with those two Rugby World Cup qualifying tests against Tonga in New Zealand in July. The winner of that series will qualify for the World Cup in 2023, so plenty to play for. And uh, apparently, Tale, there's also a, a test against the All Blacks uh, in the works as well. So uh, hopefully there are plenty to look forward to for Manu Samo. And if you want to hear more from Champions of the Pacific, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab, or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts, so be sure to tune in next week. Until then, look at you. Ka kite.